Well, hello, um, Sangmi. Um, I think I met you. Oh, actually, I think I can recall the, the story. Oh, really? So yeah, we we oh, also wait, also it's nice to have you on. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so it was about a. It was like I think at the it was at the beginning of last summer, mm -hmm. and then we went to like it was we were gonna get boba, and then we oh, went over yeah. to the Starbucks. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking about when we met at the start of the internship. But at, we at actually met internship. before. Okay. Yeah. So I remember because we were like talking about Mosey. There were a bunch of like people who didn't end up sticking with the team. Yeah. I think you were the only one who did. And I remember you were you had like your like boba or whatever, and then like fell or something. It was really windy. It was really 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 windy. Okay. And Jennifer was there. And Jennifer was there. Okay. So uh, this is Sangmi. She's my my uh, friend, coworker. I mean, I, I'm not sure if she would accept my title <laughs> of friend. A friend. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If you're offering it, then I'll accept it. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I appreciate it. Sang, Sangmi, it. Sangmi is a very difficult person to please. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I have I, high I, standards. I, yeah, she has, she has high standards. She's also very talented in many... And many things, you know, oh, one you. one of which include includes roasting people. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So yes. sorry, I'm just I'm just I'm just introducing her a little bit real quick, but but yeah, and then we we, we worked together for the startup that for Mosey, mm -hmm. um, fun time. But yeah, song song me. So the the first question I'm gonna lay out, lay on you is very very broad. Um, okay. If you were to like to, to describe yourself in like a very broad way, like like if you were to describe yourself, how would you sort of like Describe myself. Describe yourself as a person. Oh, geez. That is really broad. Um, I guess I consider myself to be pretty authentic. I don't, I don't try to like put on a show necessarily when I'm with people. I think the only kind of front I put up is maybe just like an emotional one in terms of not like wearing my heart on my sleeve too yeah. much or whatever. But I t yeah, I tend to be pretty like straightforward about who I am, what I like, what I expect from people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty honest, sometimes a little bit too honest, I think. Uh, which I think is ironic that like I do marketing for, 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 for Mosey. Because you're authentic. Yeah, because marketing is very oh like, goodness. oh, let me say what I need to say for yeah. you to do the thing I want you to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I also, I have a pretty, I like have an extensive background in theater, so I guess it kind of like goes along with that, like acting or whatever, so. Or whatever? Yeah. Wait, so did you used to like be in a theater squad? Yeah, so. I actually did a lot of directing in high school. I almost went to college for conservatory, like studying directing as basically like my college experience. Um, but I ended up taking a different path. Why so. didn't you? Why didn't I? I mean... Doesn't pay, is that it? Well, okay, that's definitely a part of it, right? <laughs> you know, being, you know, living in a cardboard box in New York or something. Yeah. But I also, when I was doing my college searching, I went to conservatory and visited, and it just didn't seem like the kind of environment that I would do well in. It was kind of depressing. Everyone was really sad. And Why? Like, I don't stress know. in school and Maybe. stuff Maybe. Like and it didn't feel very collaborative, and I felt like people were a little bit too edgy. Like, edgy for no reason. Because, mm. again, like, authenticity, I think being real with your emotions is important, especially in art. But I felt like some of these people just sort of upped it up just for the sake of doing just that. Just because, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, as they say, like, they're dramatic, you know? They're, they're wait, actors. Wait, wait. So, so theater students are dramatic. Is right, that... exactly. Wow. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect <laughs> you that. You wouldn't have expected it. <laughs> but they uh, are. Yeah. So. And then, know. so, are you, like, looking back, do you, are you happy with that choice that you made? 
I think so, yeah. Like, I definitely miss theater sometimes, but part of coming to WashU is that I knew I could pursue other things and then do theater on the side if I wanted to, which I did while I was, well, I mean, I haven't graduated yet, but while I was in college, mm -hmm. I did theater. Um, but I think I'm happy that it wasn't my entire life because it allowed me to do different things. So give me some examples of like some of your favorite shows. Like shows? They, that or plays or whatever that you've, oh. been, that you've been in. I don't know the terminology. That I've been in? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know the, the correct wordings. <sighs> that I've been in? Um, let me think. Or I've directed. Gosh, it's sure. been a while. Sure. I assistant directed Les Mis when I was in high school. Which is? A musical. I'm surprised you don't know it. It's a pretty popular musical. Wait, can you sing well? I can sing. I would rather not. <laughs> but I did study singing. You don't want to sing for our listeners? In high school, absolutely not. <laughs> I haven't taken a voice lesson in a while. But yeah, yeah. I, was, I was classically trained. I sang like opera mostly. Really? Um, yeah. I did not know any of that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I feel like I've talked about it. Maybe not. Maybe you just no, weren't listening. Maybe, yeah, maybe you just don't talk to me about yeah, it. Yeah, I just don't talk to you when it's not working. I mean, you, you also don't break out into song in the middle of class. So. Exactly. That would be a little, a little weird. A little dramatic, as they say. <laughs> a little dramatic. <laughs> um, because you're a theater person who is not dramatic. The, the, the term is thespian. <laughs> if you're, if you're into the theater, you're really? a thespian. A thespian? Yeah. That's a little weird. Don't ask me. I don't know where it came from, so. But but you 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 probably take the thespian label. I don't know if I would anymore. But you I definitely did in high school. You definitely did. Yeah, in high I was like a chorus kid. I was a thespian. You know all that stuff. Do you, do you think you've changed a lot since then? I guess. I mean, I've grown up. I mean, it's been. Like in in, in terms of like, all right, all right. How about in terms of like the things that, like you like to do? Oh. Maybe? I think, I mean, I just inherently do less music and theater now because it's not as like much a part of my college life. But I mean, I definitely still enjoy it and I still really appreciate, you know, going to the theater and seeing a show or singing casually. Um, but yeah. So what, what would you say is like important to you, just gen generally speaking? Generally? Mm-hmm. Like right, right now in your like current right now. ongoings. I guess one thing I've been thinking about a lot recently is what I want out of my life mm -hmm. because I'm graduating soon. And I think when I was younger, I used to think all the most important thing was getting a prestigious job so I could like say that and have people like be proud of me or think, wow, that's really impressive. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing that that's not as important. And while, you know, money is obviously something you think about, like, with a job or whatever. Now, at this point, I'm like, but if I was to, like, die in a year, like, if I was given a terminal diagnosis and they're like, okay, you have a year left to live, what would actually make me happy in that, like, year of time? And what wouldn't, and I doubt if I had a terminal illness, I would say to myself, yeah, working, like, a 90-hour job making 200K would make me happy. Like, I kind of doubt I would say that. <laughs> really? Yeah, definitely. If you were dying, why would I want to spend all my time like in the office? In the office. Mm -hmm. So I think I've just been thinking about that a lot. So you you're sort of thinking about like what what you want to do with your life. So right. right yeah. So what? So have you thought about it at all? Yes. Okay. So definitely. Do you want to share some some of your um your self findings? Sure. I mean, it's definitely a work in progress. I think it's a pretty hard question to answer. I want to travel. I know that much, at least. I think St. Louis has been great, and 
I wasn't opposed to living here for college, but I think I feel a little bit stifled by being in such a small place. That's like the same all the time. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it doesn't really change. Um, so I definitely want, and, and definitely like after the pandemic too, right? Like we were stuck inside, we couldn't go outside. So I want to see more of the world, I think. And then I'm currently applying for consulting jobs. So we'll see what happens with that. I feel like it's a good opportunity for people who don't know necessarily what they want to do. Because for me, grad school is definitely a possibility since I'm in psych. And to have most psychology positions, you have to have a graduate degree of some sort, whether that be a master's or a PhD. But I'm not really keen on the idea of going straight to grad school because I'm pretty burnt out from undergrad. And so I think taking time to work mm-hmm. could be a good break from that and to see like, you know, maybe I'll be happy working and I won't even want to go back to school. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So earlier you said that like growing up, a lot of what you sort of wanted was to get like a good pre- prestigious job. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that desire came from? Just like, you think it was like put on you or whether not you, really. you just saw people who had good jobs and you're like, wow, that's cool. I, want I think so. I feel like less than my familial environment, it was more the school environment. Mm-hmm. I went to a very prestigious middle school, high school, mm. and it was a lot about who had the highest GPA, who was going to the best Ivy League, yeah. who had the highest ACT score, SAT score, stuff like that. And I think in that environment, achievement was very rewarded. And yeah. so I just became very used to like, oh, well, if I get good mm. grades and I go somewhere that when I say the name, people are impressed, that means that I'm doing something well yeah. or I'm doing something right. So it's sort of like you put in that culture yeah, where everyone's like that. So you, you also mm-hmm. sort of, do you, do you think that's, that's a good thing? I mean, I, and I, I've talked about this before, like with other people, like with my friends or sometimes with other um, alumni from my school or even people who are still there going to that school definitely sets you up really well. You know, there's a reason why it's Mm -hmm. prestigious. Like, it gives you good life skills. I think my transition into college wasn't as difficult as it is for some people because I was used to a pretty rigorous academic environment. But at the same time, it does kind of, like, force you to take on some unhealthy expectations for yourself Mm -hmm. of, like, what it looks like to have a healthy work-life balance, for example, or... You know, being able to just do things for fun, that's not really a thing. And to ask that of a teenager, I think, is a little bit toxic. Um, So there's, like, pros pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're a senior, right? Yeah. And are are you graduating? In the spring. In the spring, okay. So I'm guessing now, more than ever, you're, like, just thinking about job, job, job. Oh, yeah. All the time. Definitely. But is there anything that you want to do with your life that isn't tied to, like, a career? Like, work. Um, and that's the other thing too. Yeah. I feel like I haven't thought about that as much and Mm. I want to, um, I mean, definitely like obviously find someone to spend your life with. That's definitely a goal. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe raise a family. I don't know yet. We'll see. Uh, anything else? I mean, I have like my hobbies, I guess. Like I really like dancing. So getting better at that would be fun. Being in shape in general, I feel like. I wasn't a super athletic kid, so that's something I definitely want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, yeah, being able to, like, pursue my hobbies mm-hmm. in a way that makes me happy. So, like, music yeah. and writing and stuff like that. So, if someone were, were to ask you, like, what is a good life? You would, mm-hmm. you would probably say, like, just, you know, enjoying it, just, like, having what you, what you need and then just being happy. Yeah, and I think, to me, relationships are pretty important. So, I think also, like, mm-hmm. being able to surround myself with people who mm-hmm. make me feel yeah. like I'm... like who help augment what I already am, I mm-hmm. guess. So generally speaking, you would say like a good life 
is one where you have good relationships, mm -hmm. you have a good enough, like, sustenance, like a job or whatever. Right, like you're not struggling. You're not, like, sleeping under a bridge. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but then you also have time for things outside of your career. Mm -hmm. It's like a good balance. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think balance is something that I really want to mm -hmm. focus on. So, if you were to... Let, let's say, like, we fast forward in the future a bunch of years. Mm -hmm. Like, we're, we're, like, like you're, like, 60 or 70. <laughs> okay. And you look back in your life, like, you think that you would be happy with your life. If you look back and you had a good mix of stuff, mm -hmm. um, you got to have fun, and you also got, got to work reasonably. Yeah. And I think it, my goal used to be, oh, if I'm 70 and look back, I want to have been, like, the CEO of a company, or mm -hmm. I want to have made a, a lot of money. But I think my priorities have shifted. Why do you think? Um, I mean, I think part of it comes from burnout. I think just recognizing, like, it's not always achievements that make me happy. And mm. there are definitely more important things in life than just the grade I get or how much money I'm making. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I've been reading this really good book recently. It's called Tuesdays with Maury. I think it's with. Uh, my mom recommended it to me. And it's about this guy whose professor in college, like very heavily influenced him, kind of like a father figure. And the professor gets diagnosed with like a terminal illness. And so it's about like the last times like they spent together and all of the wisdom he passed on to him. And he personally was like a sports journalist. He worked crazy hours. He traveled all of the time. All he cared about was work. He was always multitasking. And it wasn't until he like reconnected with his old professor that he realized like, wow, my life is really unfulfilling in comparison to my professor who's literally dying. Like, he maybe has a couple months to live, and he is happier than I am. And, like, that really caused him to, like, rethink his priorities and what his life was like. And I feel like I could see myself in that position, being that person who's like, oh, maybe being busy all the time isn't actually mm. making me happy. So why was he happier? Maury, the, the professor. Mm. Um, I think one thing is, like, he surrounded himself with lots of loving people. Um, he... His whole philosophy was, like, not letting himself wither away in his illness. It was, like, I'm going to enjoy the time I have left and, like, make the most of what I can. And give. I think his big thing was, like, giving. He wanted to give as much as he could before mm -hmm. he died. And that was a lot, a lot of that came in, like, wisdom because, you know, he was a professor and he's old and dying. So. So, so a principle is that giving makes you happier. I guess. I mean, yeah. And, and I think, you know, happiness, it's, like, it's very subjective it's different for different people okay but i do think for me a lot of the things that i've done in my life have have been a lot about like giving to other people although like i'm not saying like oh i would be happy if i donate a lot of money to charity or like mm -hmm. i'll be really happy if i go to the soup kitchen every weekend because mm -hmm. those are all great things and those definitely do make people happy but i think for me it's more just like investing in the people in my life mm -hmm. and investing in the community yeah. that I'm in. So you're, you're still giving, but just not in, like, the... Maybe the traditional In sense. the traditional, like, cookie-cutter, like, oh, like, yeah. being a good person, mm -hmm. doing charity or whatever. Yeah, like, go do, like, a clothing drive or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you would say, like, the people, just generally speaking, will be best off if they pursue in their life what's, what, what would make them happy. Right. So yeah. like being happy is, like, the important thing Definitely. that pe pe people should. At least for me, yeah, in my mind. In, in your mind. Mm -hmm. So where do you think that you got that from? Mm, I think my parents have been pretty supportive of that idea. Mm -hmm. They've never pushed me or my brothers mm -hmm. 
to only pursue one thing. Like it wasn't like mm -hmm. if you don't do X, Y, Z, not only will we, will we not be proud of you, but you're also not going to be happy because there's only one right way to do life. And I think mm -hmm. that's very, very dumb. Yeah. But the thing that people should like, people will be best off, generally speaking, if they pursue what will make them happy. Yeah, like I think they've always said, you know, mm -hmm. within reason, Yeah, you should be doing something more just because it fulfills you and not just because you think you're supposed to do it. Like, mm -hmm. don't be a lawyer because you think you're supposed to be a lawyer or something like that. Mm -hmm. But pursue what you like the most, what will make you the happiest. Right. And then, so, so you think that you, your parents and just sort of like, where how you were brought up is sort of like, oh yeah, like it's, you, you sort of learn like, oh yeah, like, or you heard that what will make you ha happiest is how you should, how, how you have to pursue life. Yeah, and I'm very lucky that I had that kind of support because I mm -hmm. think that's not always the most common. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because then there might be other people who are brought up thinking, oh, well, in order to be, in, in order to live a good life, like one ought to pursue mm -hmm. something that, that'll make them powerful or... Right, exactly. Or with a bunch of money. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then even though they're they're not happy, they might just, they might think otherwise. Like they they might think that they still have a better life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Cool. So speaking about like how you grew up, like how 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 was your upbringing? Like was mm. it what was it like work all the time or was it was it fun? Oh. Or? <laughs> um. Well, actually, like when I was a kid, like super young, I actually didn't work like at all. Mm -hmm. My mom sent me to a play preschool, so I didn't. Even, I actually was like behind a lot of kids in early elementary school because I didn't learn to like read mm -hmm. super early or like learn how to do like math super early. Because you were messing around. Yeah, I was messing around. <laughs> I was playing, which you know I feel like I'm not gonna. What's the word? I'm not gonna judge my mom for that. I've never raised a kid. I don't know if it was the right thing to do or not. But yeah, maybe she's right. Maybe one-year-old babies like shouldn't be learning how to read. Maybe they should just be like talking to other people and learning how to socialize and have fun or whatever. Um, so a lot of my early, early childhood was very play-centered. And then as I grew up, I think it became more balanced between like working and playing. Um, I definitely, I like, I was not a hard worker when I was in elementary school, which I don't think is a bad thing. I just didn't, like I didn't, really care about the things that I didn't enjoy, i.e. like math. Um, and it wasn't until middle school, and then I think in middle school, I like struggled through the things that I didn't really like, but then I really poured myself into the things I did enjoy. And it wasn't until high school that I learned to kind of like balance it out a little bit more, mm -hmm. to like give as much as I needed to mm -hmm. for the things that I didn't enjoy. And then to like- Because you have to. Yeah, because I have to, and mm -hmm. then focus on the things that I really enjoyed. Or else you wouldn't be at WashU. Well that, yeah. I mean, I think it was always like, that's the thing like I cared about my grades but I also cared about like mm -hmm. the fact like I wanted to care about what I was learning which is mm -hmm. why I think I really wanted to go to college mm -hmm. like I didn't enjoy high school as much because I didn't get to really throw myself into the things that I knew I enjoyed I was gonna ask you something and it's in my mind but it <laughs> will come to me momentarily no it's okay oh yeah so both your parents worked no my mom actually stayed home she stayed home yeah. but she but she sent you to preschool well, my, I have two older brothers, and so she had to take care of, like, all of us at once. And my oldest brother is seven years older than me. Mm -hmm. So when I was, like, a baby, he was, like, in elementary school. Okay. So your mom has – so you have two siblings. Mm -hmm. Your mom are, – are you the youngest? I am. Okay. You're the youngest. So she had three, and then she sent you to preschool so she can take care of the other two. I mean, yeah, I mean, isn't that the same? It's just, like, dropping your kid off at daycare or whatever. 
I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't I, like sent to boarding school. <laughs> I, 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 I just think it's interesting because if you're, if, if, if someone's staying at home, then I would, I've usually heard that people or like people who stay at home like full time are like they like take care of the kids. No, yeah, she did. I mean, is preschool not a normal thing that kids go to? So, I mean, from my experience, either like both parents are working Mm-hmm. And then and then they they send their kids off to like school or oh, or, or like preschool. Okay. Or one parent is working and then the other the other parent takes care of all of the kids and then like homeschool or not even oh. all, or they don't always homeschool in my yeah. in my circles a lot of people homeschool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah my family like wasn't my my parents like don't really not like don't believe in it but like <laughs> we personally would not do that. You personally would yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. So but, from my experience, I'm just used to. No, that makes sense. People who are staying at home to homeschool. And the preschool wasn't even, like, just me, too. Like, mm-hmm. it also was a lot of, like, there were days when, like, the parents would come in. Mm-hmm. So some of it some of it was, like, I play with other kids, and then some of it was, like, I play with my mom. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I play with my mom and someone else's mom and their mm-hmm. kid. So, like, kind of a four. So your brothers whatever. also stayed in, in – your brothers also went to school. I think so. I mean, I was really young, so I don't remember. But I do know my oldest brother was in some kind of elementary school at that point. Um, I don't know about my middle brother, though. Are you not close to your siblings? I am. I mean, again, like, I was a kid, so it's hard to remember, but I do feel like a lot of my early memories, I was alone, and, like, I spent a lot of time alone, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really get close to my brothers until I got older, mm-hmm. I think because of the age gap. So, in a way, growing up, what do you say, you were sort of, like, an only child sometimes? Sometimes. I think I was just very independent, mm-hmm. and my parents kind of relied on that a little bit, mm-hmm. because, you know, if one of your kids is like taking the SSAT to get into middle school and mm-hmm. your other kid is like playing with dinosaurs or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, there's a little bit more of importance going on there. Oh, yeah. I would I would personally not agree, but I can sort of see That's it. the way I justify the times I yeah. spent alone when I was a kid. I, I, yeah, I personally disagree with that, but I mean, that's totally fair. Uh, I totally at least understand. Yeah, it. I mean... Hey, parenting isn't perfect, and I and I accept that. Like, you can't be a perfect parent. Like, mm-hmm. there's always gonna be like, yeah, places where things have to give, mm-hmm. and like one of those things is that like my parents like weren't as, at least in my memory, they weren't as active when I was really young. Mm-hmm. But also like they support me so much now that mm-hmm. like, I mean to me it like all evens out. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you, if you're gonna think about it like you get the yeah, average like it, yeah, yeah like it's the average. So how would you or what were some things? that you would, like, look back and be like, oh, they didn't do a very good job here, but they did, like, Mm. a good job here. Like I said, I think I took on a lot of responsibility to, like, be okay with being alone. Because even if, like, maybe I didn't want to be alone, I just kind of had to, like, find ways to cope with that Mm -hmm. because my brothers were doing, like, quote-unquote more important things. Um, So there's that part. And then, like, I guess... Like, maybe I wish my parents pushed me a little harder when I was a kid. But again, I'm already so, like, neurotic and type A. I don't really know if I needed them to do that. I could have turned out, like, way more neurotic, which would be probably bad. So, honestly, I feel like it worked out. <laughs> What's neurotic? Oh, neurotic. It's like, um, you know what type A is? No. So it's, like, it's a type of personality. So it's just someone who's very, like detail-oriented, like, always has a plan, like, needs everything scheduled, color-coded, like, 
someone who's very organized, but maybe like organized to a fault. Like not, and then like the downside of it's like not very mm -hmm. flexible. Um, like needs everything to be a certain way. Not good at like compromising that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Chris is like, yeah, that sounds like. <laughs> so you, so do you like know all the personality types, or you just like you just know your own? Well, gosh, we're getting to like psych here. So there's a thing <laughs> called the Big Five. Yeah, it's called the Big Five Personality Inventory. Mm -hmm. It's a personality assessment made a while ago. It's pretty reliable. It's what a fair amount of personality psychologists use today. There's like other models and like things that have been happening since then, like MBTI, for example. But the idea is that there's like these five traits and then all of us fall on a scale of like 100. So I could either be like 100% to one end of the scale or 100% to the other end of the scale. And it's two dichotomous personality traits. So for neuroticism, I believe it's agreeableness is like the, the other trait. So it'd be on one scale. Mm -hmm. So... I, for example, would be like 78% neurotic as opposed to being like on the other side. And then like, like what is that? 28% agreeable or whatever. Agreeable not meaning the term like, you're, like you would think of like colloquially, like colloquially, like agreeable. Colloquially. No, I'm making up words. Yeah, you colloquial. Colloquial. I can't speak English. Um, English is hard. It is hard. <laughs> agreeableness being, you know, mm -hmm. fl flexible and very easygoing, but some, but then like, there's no such thing as being too easygoing, right? Mm -hmm. Like someone who doesn't plan anything, doesn't ever write anything down, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then type A and type B is just sort of like an extension of that, I guess. Um, yeah. Getting very into the nitty gritty of psych here. <laughs> Do you think that is like legit? I would say so. I mean, it's like anything in science slash psych, like, you have to take things and understand that there are no definite de definites in science, even laws like, you know, Newton's law, right? That's something that has been studied for hundreds and hundreds of years and now is at a point where we can say, you know, that's pretty dang close to the truth. But there's maybe like a 0 0.001 chance that it's not true. Maybe there are things like gravity doesn't apply in space. That's, a, that's like against the truth of Newton's law of gravity, right? And so, with lots of psych things, I think it's just a matter of saying, yeah, like this scale has been a very helpful way for us to organize the like billions of people who live on earth. And we recognize that it's not all encompassing. It's not a hundred percent true all of the time. What do you, what do you say that? Cause I'm, I'm like sort of shifting the conversation a little bit, but it's sort of, is it the same thing? Cause okay. I've, I've heard people say like, argue against this and for this. So mm -hmm. do you, do you, do you think that like there is any sort of definite truth? Um, mm, definitely not. Mm -hmm. Human nature is subjective mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Cause, and this is something that psych struggles with is that any truths that we have found out to this point, quote unquote truths, oftentimes only applies in Western countries because psych is a field that started in the West and is much more mm -hmm. prevalent here as opposed to the East, for example. And so we find, like, this is an example you'll learn in social psychology. In America, for example, America, European countries, society tends to be very individual focused. It's a lot about you and your personal achievements and like your family is not as important, you know, the people around you aren't as important. It's very like, you will get what you need to get. Whereas in Eastern countries, like Korea, for example, it's very community-based. It's very family-based. So 
just take the fact that in America, you always go by your first name and then last name. Like, you're Chris Lopez. But in Korea, I'm Yi Sangmi. My family name goes before my name because the idea is, like, you're the fact that, like, you're, you belong to a family or, like, a clan or whatever, that's more important than you as the individual. So, like, that in and of itself alone just changes so many psych things, just mm -hmm. how you would approach therapy, how you might approach social psych. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that... I think any psychologist probably would agree that there are no truths. Like, there are things that are pretty close to it. But then you also kind of get more into, like, the neuroscience side of it. Like, oh, like, serotonin is the happy chemical. Mm -hmm. Like, but that's not really psych as so much as it is, like, the neurochemistry of our brains. Mm -hmm. Interesting. There are a lot of different ways that I can go from that. <laughs> but so would you say that there is... So would you say that you have to understand human nature to, to be good at psych? I mean, it's the study of human nature, right? Mm -hmm. It's the study of, like, how do humans think? Mm -hmm. Why do we think the way we do? How do we interact with the world around us? At least this is my definition. This is, like, how I define it. Mm -hmm. And so obviously not everyone who goes into psych is some kind of, like, genius, introspective philosopher who understands everything about human nature. But I do think that the people who turn away from psych and say, like, oh, it's fake, like, you can't prove any of this, you know, you don't have anything backing this up, I do think it does come from, like, a lack of willingness to, mm -hmm. like, think more deeply about these issues. Because psych is rooted in philosophy. Philosophy yeah. has existed forever, mm -hmm. and psych is actually a stem of philosophy. And so if you don't like philosophy, there's a good chance you're probably not going to like psych either, because they're both very... Like, these are big questions. Let's think about them. Psych just took philosophy and was like, okay, and then what if we added some, like, scientific method to it? Interesting. With, with particularly focused on human nature. Yeah, particularly focused on human nature. Like, you know, a philosopher could say, yeah. why do people steal or mm -hmm. something? And then a psychologist could come along and say, okay, so let's take that idea and then turn it into something, like, more scientific, right? So why, why do people steal? Why do people steal? I don't. I don't think I've studied that specifically. <laughs> that was just an example. But like, like if you had to give an example now, like how like would you why use... people steal? I mean, okay, obviously, like like what well, what would be a typical psychologist answer to that? Or like has how has anyone studied that? I don't. I think what's more common is they'll present some kind of this is like kind of statistics. Like you present an alternative hypothesis. So, like they might like let's say I'm interested in. Gender, right? I'm studying gender. And I decide to make the claim that, like, women are more likely to steal than men. This is not based in any fact <laughs> or my beliefs. Yeah, That's just, just please, a Please don't cancel us. Please don't cancel us. <laughs> this not, is just no, an example. We're not, we're not Because, I mean, I could see someone writing something like that. Yeah. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I take that, and then I would go run a study, run an experiment, you know, like set up a fake scenario and then have 500 people, 200, mm -hmm. 250 of them are women, 250 of them are men, see which one steals more or whatever, that kind of thing. And then from that, they probably have some kind of idea of like why they would say that. You can't like, they wouldn't just be like, yeah, women probably steal more than men because they're women. There are some who would do that, to which that would make no sense. Like, because then it'd be like, well, why are you even like doing this in the first place? Because now you're going back like 200 years, like when people actually believed in like, those kinds of weird gender dichotomies or whatever. But they're probably more likely to be like, oh, women like feel more stifled by society's expectations of them. Therefore, they feel the need to like act out and then steal. And then men don't feel the need to do that because they are used to being put in charge of things or like mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. 
Whereas a philosopher could probably take that question and be like, okay, why do people steal? Like, what is the human nature behind like our ethics and like our morals and like what makes some, more, one person more likely to steal than another? Mm-hmm. Like all that kind of stuff. So I guess it kind of philosophy is very broad and it kind of takes it and makes it a bit more concentrated. Okay. And were you? Do you, do you have a focus as a psychologist? Um, I'm interested in psychopathology, which is basically the study of mental disorders, mm-hmm. the, the study and treatment of mental disorders. Yeah, what brought you there? Um, actually, during COVID, I took a class called abnormal psychology, which is what the field used to be called. We're kind of shifting towards calling it psychopathology more because abnormal has like negative connotations. connotations yeah. Um, and I took that class during COVID and it was asynchronous, mm-hmm. but you were, there was an optional discussion section that happened on Mondays, like very, very early in the morning. But because I was home, I was an hour ahead. So going to that class section wasn't so like bad for me. And the discussion sections were specifically about a case study book that our professor wrote based on his experiences as a clinical psychologist. And that was really fascinating to me. Case studies are when you have someone who like struggles with a, a disorder and he personally treated these people and then he had their permission and like consent to write about them, change their names, whatever. And I think a big reason why I got into psych was because I wanted to help people. And the first thing people often think of with that is, you know, the treatment of mental problems. Um, And so not only was the class interesting to me, but then getting to work in that very concentrated, like, what's the word, like, very small discussion section. I got to know my professor really well. I worked in his lab for a a while. Um, I think, like, kind of having a mentor almost in that way was really helpful. Um, I'm going to ask a few questions knowing that you're not a professional. Mm Mm-mm. But I'm, yes. I'm, I'm just very curious. I'm not a professional or She's licensed professional. in any way. <laughs> <laughs> so if, um, if you disagree with her. Yeah, don't come, don't come don't, for me. Don't come swinging at her. Yeah. But all right, first question, what do you think about like prescribed prescriptions for like, uh, like mental? Mm. Like medication? Like medication, yeah. Definitely necessary. Mm. I'm not against it at all. Like. I'm not against the idea of it. Obviously, if you ask me a more specific question, maybe it would so change like, my opinion. So, like, I've I've heard pe- people, I've heard of people who say, "Oh, well, like, you, you shouldn't be medicating like mm. like little kids who say that they have mm. ADHD." Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or I mean, that's one example. Or maybe like if someone like is with depression, like, oh, like medication isn't going to be like a permanent mm. yeah, solution. Yeah. So, like, how how would you approach those? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the biggest thing, maybe the biggest misconception, is that. People maybe have this idea that anyone can get medication, which just simply isn't the case. To even get a referral to see a psychiatrist, you, as far as I'm aware, would need the referral of a clinical psychologist, which means you would need to have spoken to a mental health professional before you even went to see a psychiatrist. And there's a big difference between therapy, like a therapist, and a clinical psychologist. One of those people has a PhD, has trained, has done research, whereas a therapist could be anyone who like has the license could just be someone, not to diss anyone with a master's, but to say, like, you know, you spent less time in school, you spent less time training. Um, Masters in social work, they can get a therapy license, and, you know, social work is inherently a different field than psychology. So I think that's one important thing. The people who are treating individuals like these are people who have a lot more qualifications than I think people sometimes give psych credit for, because a lot of times you just think, like, oh, like, psych's, like, a school counselor or something like that. Um... As far as 
the idea of like medicating kids it's hard to say especially because it's not my field like mm. psych and psychiatry are obviously connected but like the people who are psychiatrists like they, they go to med school they're pre-med they know mm. way more about like the, the body and the brain and... than i do yeah but you know if someone needs it they need it right like and i think if a parent decides that like oh they want their kid to be on adhd medicine even though they might not need it but it's because they want their kid to get ahead like, yeah, that's awful, but that's also, like, one in a trillion cases, you know? So to say, like, oh, you should get rid of the whole system just because a couple people are going to, like, misuse it, I think doesn't really make a lot of sense. Because there are probably kids out there who really do need it, who can't sit still in class and can't focus and are a distraction to the rest of their mm -hmm. class or something like that. And then the idea of like it being a temporary fix. I mean, I think the sad truth is just that there are people who have to be on medication for the rest of their lives. And I do think some of the stigma comes from the fact that our society inherently views mental illness different from physical illness, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because at the end of the day, mental illness is bred from the brain, which is a part of our body. You just can't see it. In the same way that someone who has diabetes is gonna have to take insulin for the rest of their life, someone who has super severe depression, like absolutely untreatable by any other means, they'll probably have to be on antidepressants for the rest of their life. And, you know, I don't see the difference between that and having to take insulin. Because it's a, it's a chemical imbalance. Also, the fact that a lot of times medication is used in tandem with other therapies. Like, no psychologist would ever say to you, oh, you should just take medication and then you'll be fine. You, you always take medication while simultaneously seeing a clinical psychologist, seeing a trained professional, they're obviously going to encourage you to do other things. You know, exercise is a big one, eating well, maintaining a good social network, stuff like that. So I don't think it's so clear cut as people make it as to mm. just like, oh yeah, mentally ill people take pills and whatever. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna ask a few questions that maybe you haven't, like from a perspective that I think might be a little bit like, like you, you haven't heard of it from this perspective before, mm. but what, what do you say that like, Psychology and like, I forgot the field of oh psychiatry. Psych, psych psychiatry. Do you do you think that those are very like materialistic mm. fields? In the sense of, um, what about like, and you brought up like other cultures, mm -hmm. other uh, many other cultures that aren't in the West mm -hmm. believe in like the soul, mm -hmm. and in mm -hmm. other. Um, things that aren't as materialistic or naturalistic mm, as mm -hmm. so what sort of what, what do you say that psych, psychiatric psychiatry, psychiatry <laughs> and psychology are very like I don't want to use the word secular but just very like nat, like naturalistic materialistic or, yeah I see I think I see what you're saying mm -hmm. I mean I would say so I do think they mm -hmm. are especially because it's it's a quote-unquote soft science. Mm -hmm. It's more likely to be attacked by people by saying, ugh, it's not real science. You mm -hmm. can't really prove to me that the brain thinks this, this, and this, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, psychiatry less so because it is, like, medical. But I think because of that, we do try to base a lot of our stuff in research, especially because a lot of mis like misused psychology has mm -hmm. happened in the past. And so it is really important to make sure that everything we're doing is based on fact, or at least as close to fact as we're going to get, right? Mm -hmm. Um... But at the same time, like religious and spiritual aspects are important to psych as well. Because like I said, like human nature, it's very subjective. The, what works for me is not gonna be the same as what works for you. Like if we both suffered a grief, let's say like we both lost a loved one, mm -hmm. 
the way in which like you need to go through that process and the way I need to go through that process would be very different. And that could also mean we need to see different professionals. I might need to see someone who, let's say like is Korean because she would understand like the ways that Korean culture deals with grieving and how like my family members might react and how mm -hmm. I need to interact with them and that kind of thing. And for you, like you're pretty religious. And so there are psychologists who utilize like religious belief mm -hmm. in their practice to say to someone, you know, like let's think of this from a more spiritual perspective or let's think of this from, like I think my mom is kind of like that where she, I think she finds a lot of her like comfort in hard times from religion and so if she needed to see someone, mm -hmm. I would want her to see someone who could incorporate aspects of that into her therapy. Yeah. So it's more of a person by person basis, but in mm -hmm. in the inside, like there's a there's a true like process that's happening yes. underneath. And then all of these different things that people are going through on the top is just sort of like what they need Definitely. to sort of help the thing that's in the inside. I think so. So yeah. that is a so that is a theory. So what do you I think, think so. that theory comes from? Or is it just sort of what you've picked up through like your experiences? Because different people might have different theories on how to maybe like handle depression. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think Again, I'm not trained, as far as I am aware, from my studies. That's usually how people go about it. Mm -hmm. The idea is like, so there's a thing called the DSM, the Diagnostic um, Something Manual. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the name of it right now. But we're in the fifth edition right now. We might, we might be in like 5.1 or 5.2 or whatever. But it's essentially a manual with all the mental disorders that we've studied up until this point that are considered diagnosed mental disorders. So... The reason it exists is so that people can get like insurance for it, mm -hmm. so they can say, yes, I'm getting treated for a medical condition, as said by the American Psychological Association, APA. Um, I think APA is the ones who make it. If someone with, with a psych degree is listening to this, they are, they're so mad right now. Um, uh, what was the original question? Um. Oh, right, no, I do remember, yes. Um, so I think it's pretty universal that you would say to yourself, like, okay, let's say you had depression, for example. Like, a group of psychologists, if they all looked at you, would be like, yeah, so Chris has depression. We have the studied, approved way to treat depression. And then also it's up to his psychologist to decide the best course of action. So a form of therapy that's pretty popular with treating depression is called, um, oh gosh, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. And so I'd say like a fair amount of people who get treatment for depression would go through CBT. But then for you in specific, maybe they'd want to refer you to like someone who has more like a sp of spiritual background who can help you with how you've been feeling from that perspective. And then for me, maybe they'd want to refer me to see like a multicultural therapist who could help with maybe the ways in which my depression is manifesting has to do with like prejudice I'm, I'm experiencing during the, my, my day to day or like discrimination and stuff like that. I don't know if that answered your question. That's fine. <laughs> uh, you probably did. Um, <laughs> sorry, my mind's just. No, you're okay. I talk. I talk kind of fast. So. No, 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 no. Like not necessarily. I'm, I'm just sort of thinking on like what would be like a good because like various different questions sort of pop mm. up and I have, to, I have to choose one. It's yeah. Like choose your own road and I have to choose that. Choose one. your own adventure. Choose your own adventure and then yeah, I, have to, yeah. I have to choose one. And I actually had a good question and, okay. then, and then I started talking and then. Oh shoot! <laughs> and okay, then I'll stop talking. I'll stop talking. No, 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 no. You're you're totally good, but. <clears throat> My my next question will will sort of go like, what I mean it's maybe like a very basic question. Like, oh. How would you sort of describe depression then? Depression. Like a very. <laughs> uh, okay, 
let's see. I mean, the clinical definition is like down or depressed mood for more than half of the days for two weeks or longer, something like that. I don't mm. remember. Um, and there's like a very specific set of diagnostic criteria that you go through, um, including like down or depressed mood, um, increased or decreased appetite, sleeping way more than usual or sleeping less than usual, feelings of hopelessness, uh, suicidal thoughts, thoughts of self-harm, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Would you say that... So one one thing that I've heard is that depression has, like, increased a lot. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So is that, is, is that sort of Yeah, like that's a, an accurate trend. That's an accurate trend. Sure. So why do you think that's the case? Ugh, I mean, there's so many different... I, I mean, so what are a few of the different reasons that no, could yeah. be contributing to... There's really interesting research going on right now about the pandemic, definitely. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of the effects of the pandemic in the coming years. So I think psych, as awful as it sounds, will like be a very interesting field to study in the future. Um, there's this idea like we're carrying a collective grief with us mm -hmm. after the pandemic because we've lost so much, whether that be life, time, experience, all that. Um, I mean, Mosey would say that it was, it's due to increased social, increased media, social media and time. screen time, which I don't think is false. Mm -hmm. I mean as we saw during the pandemic, like not seeing people in person, not being with your community, mm -hmm. really it can affect like how you feel. Yeah. Um, and I think also there's a very, and that kind of goes, kind of going full circle back to what you're asking me with like what I'm thinking about as I graduate. Um, there's a very toxic work life cycle right now. And mm -hmm. I think again, like the pandemic put things in perspective where people were like, wow, like, the world could shift at any moment and I could, my life could be in significant danger. Mm -hmm. Am I really happy right now? And so people are realizing like, maybe I don't like being paid a paltry wage for doing like back breaking work. So they're, they're, they're not happy with their like life condition. Right, exactly. Um, and it just sort of brings them down. Yeah. And I do think also like increased awareness, mm -hmm. it contributes to it. Like you're inherently gonna see more people being diagnosed as we research it more. Mm -hmm. like. It's the same as like, oh, COVID cases went up when mm -hmm. like COVID-19 began, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot, lot of different reasons. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard, I find psychology like pretty interesting in some ways. Mm -hmm. I, I also noticed that like with a lot of, especially a lot of the softer sciences and even like a lot, a lot of the harder sciences, it has like a very like, a very, like it has a certain like, very like secular like worldview attached to it because mm. that's just how it is mm -hmm. you know and, and and so like i i mean that, that i mean i'm not saying that it's right or wrong i'm mm -hmm. just saying that's just sort of how it is so how how would you sort of respond to someone who might sort of who might say that who might take a more like religious point, point of view and mm -hmm. say that oh uh, a lot of what a lot of depression, like the, f or I actually, b before I ask that question, what would you say is sort of like the foundation of depression? Is it like just like not being happy or just being, just putting oneself in like a, a, a negative like mindset? I mean, from, I mean, you're not licensed, you're not yeah. professional, but I. It's a, I mean, I think it's a very loaded question. It's very complicated because again, depression I think differs from person to person. Mm -hmm. There's different kinds of depression. Yeah. There are like multiple different ways to define it, the ways that people experience yeah. it. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's just like, yeah. 
feeling down, not really seeing a reason to continue mm. doing what you're doing. So lack of purpose. I think I think one way I've heard it described is like the world is just kind of in black and white, mm. or like you kind of go throughout your yeah. day as if you're just like moving through like mud. Mm -hmm. where it's like everything is just a little bit gloomier, yeah. everything gives you a little bit less happiness than usual, mm -hmm. and I think over time it's very draining. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, in, that's interesting to hear from my perspective because... Is that how you feel? No. No. <laughs> good. I, that's I, good. I, I, actually, I'm grateful that... I, I, I don't really... I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very, like, out, like happy guy. Just that's good. No, I'm glad to hear that. Generally speaking. Okay. But... I just think it's interesting because from the way that, um, from, like, the, there's different, like, there's different ways of looking at the world, mm -hmm. right? So that is for sure what I've heard of from a lot of people who aren't very religious, and out would people who are very religious say it differently. Like, mm. they, they, would even, they would look at the entire thing just completely, like, mm. differently, but it would lead to, like, a very similar, like, result. Interesting. Right, yeah, and I think that's the most important thing, right? It's, like, kind of what you were saying, like, this theory that, like, you start with the disorder and then mm -hmm. everything after that comes from, like, the yeah. individual person. Even if all of us are coming at it from a different angle, so long as the end result is, like, wanting to improve someone's life and, like, help them out of a dark place, that's the most important part. Mm. Sort of. Well, to, to an I, extent. I, I don't... Wait, sorry. We were not at all... Interrupted. Interrupted. No, no, no nothing happened. <laughs> nothing, no. Also, he was nice about it, so... No, he was really nice about <laughs> it. He was really nice about it. So, like, I think from a psychological point of view, a, a, a lot of, like, like sort of, like, I, I was sort of trying to, like, hone in on, like, sort of the way that you view, like, what is the meaning of life? Like, sort of, right. like, to be happy is, like, the big thing that people should pursue. Mm -hmm. Like, and then in that sense, is I think it sort of makes sense that, well, okay, well, then the issue is... Like I, I, I'm not saying this is what your perspective is, but mm -hmm. like this is a, the, these are a few different perspectives that people like I've heard people take mm -hmm. or like that people can take. Well, mm -hmm. then the issue like if if the goal of man is to be happy, well then we should eliminate things that, or not necessarily eliminate things, but like we should help person to be happy yeah. in a sense or not I'm, I'm butchering it but more no no it's okay I think I know I think I get what you're saying a little bit and you can correct me if I'm wrong mm -hmm. and that is actually something I disagree with mm -hmm. um, this so, idea where people are like oh if people are depressed that just means they're sad and so we'll just make them happy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's I, I mistakenly so mm -hmm. that's, that's not quite the point I'm trying to make okay. I'm just trying to articulate gotcha. it well and, <laughs> and I, I just can't do it more just like it's not about just being happy all the time because right. I, I agree that that is a misconception. Life isn't just about like being oh like like I just feel like I just feel great all the yeah, time. Yeah, right, exactly. Though I do think that a lot of the emphasis is just different from like the different lenses that people put. So like from a from a religious point of view, uh, we are just like a lot of religious groups would say, well, the point of like doesn't matter if necessarily happy or joyful all the time mm. like the goal is that like people have certain purposes that uh, right, or like right. certain things that they have to do mm -hmm. to please or yeah and then that's how they fulfill it and but the reason why it matters is not because like everyone believes different things but the reason why I think it matters is because if it's true 
then that means that that's the way that all of humanity and all of like the lens of right viewing things. So like let let's say like for the like for example the the Christian perspective, like mm -hmm. the, from the Christian perspective, you would say that uh, mankind is sinful and like like hearts of stone. <laughs> Everyone hates God uh, all the time okay. and. And because God is the source of every good thing, like mm -hmm. people enjoy the good stuff, but they hate God, the creator, right? Interesting. And, and then so what they would argue is that, what a lot of Christians would argue is that, well, depression is complex, mm -hmm. right? Like, like um, there's a bunch of re reasons for it. Mm -hmm. um, though for sure it, it roots from like the enmity or like the separation that God feels from man. Interesting. And, and, and so they view it from that lens. So like the solution or like just just a solution in general isn't um, well. You gotta take a bunch of um, like you don't like you, like taking medication, getting the therapist. Mm -hmm. Like that isn't the important thing. The important thing is getting right with with God. Ah, uh, so yeah. they would they would see it in a very completely different light gotcha. than from maybe a psychologist, right? Who would be like, well, the important thing for us is you know that we make sure that people have a good life. Yeah, that right. That they're just feeling <laughs> like like that they're. Pretty good like that, that 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 they have a pretty joyful life in general. Yeah, yeah, that and makes so, sense. So I I don't know I like I'm I'm sure you might have heard of, like, there's like some being there being some like M and T or like, like oh uh, I didn't know actually be, no or like or like I'm sure you've heard of like Christians who are like oh like we don't have to like medicate people or maybe we, I we honestly don't, don't engage with much like discourse in that way I guess okay but I I mean I I think I can definitely see it honestly. And the reason I don't engage in a lot of discourse is because of my belief, which is mm -hmm. that I think that, you know, people are allowed to believe what they believe, mm -hmm. so long as you're not hurting anybody. Like, mm -hmm. if, you know, Guy Joe on the street thinks that all women are evil and that women's purpose is to taint men with, like, their womanly wiles, <laughs> that's fine. I don't personally believe that, mm -hmm. but you know, Guy Joe can yeah. believe that so long as he's not like, you know, like, killing women or like yeah. harassing them on the streets, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so my thing is like, yeah, like you can believe whatever you want, but like don't force other people mm -hmm. or hurt other people okay. because of that belief. So that, that's the line that you, like you don't really, you would say it all leads to the same place. Exactly. Almost, like, like if, you know, if a group of religious individuals mm. believe that, that's fine. Like, that's their belief. Yeah. However, if there's someone in their midst mm. who's suffering from depression and the, like, the way that the group would go about it isn't helping that individual, like, let's say that individual, like, is religious, mm -hmm. but, like, what they're trying to do for them isn't yeah. working and, like, maybe they need to see a psychologist. I think there just needs to be a little bit of open-mindedness yeah, so about, like, they okay, should well, maybe they need to. forcing other people right. to look at it the way that they view it. Right. Yeah. Like, not saying to someone who's struggling, like, oh, no, like, you're not allowed to take medication because, like, that's just not right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, that's... And I would... I would sort of say like it makes sense like people shouldn't it it isn't it, it isn't right to just be like well I believe this so you have to follow exactly right or you like like forcing one's religion down on someone else mm -hmm. isn't though I will say that people like different like the way that you see the world or the way that anyone sees the world um, is different depending on their beliefs yeah that's and so true. they will act differently so for example I I know people who I, I, who don't believe in who don't say that there's like a 
a foundational truth in anything. Sure. Like, uh, and like that's that's something that you that you can believe that there's no truth, right? Yeah. And then someone, and there's there can be someone else that says like, oh yeah, like I believe that there's that there's truth. Yeah. Right. And then like they're gonna act in the world. They're gonna act differently in the world. Yeah. I mean that's like the that's just like that's just how it is. I guess. That's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and that's sort of the point that I'm. Yeah, like people that are I'm just trying to make that people, like beliefs aren't just like these separate like hodgepodge like this like little circle where like yeah I believe this and this is just like like people believe things and like that impacts that actually impacts the way they do everything yeah and I think I think that's the biggest thing for me it's like of course your beliefs are going to impact your actions but you also have to think about how those actions impact Mm -hmm. others as well yeah like yeah It, it just becomes such a complicated issue which I honestly haven't thought about much yeah, but I you appreciate have, you talking about it. You have, you have you have more important things to think about. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to. I, I quit being a philosophy major sophomore year. I don't have time to think about the big questions think of the world. The I've got to focus in. Yeah. And I've got to focus on me too. Yeah. That's the other thing too. I think that's like that's one of my beliefs. I'm like, you know what? I need to just take care of me. Mm-hmm. And if other people want to like stand in the cold weather and like try to get people to like join their group, then that's fine. You know, that makes them happy. Mm-hmm. But for me. <laughs> yeah. I need to figure out what makes me happy. Okay. And that's hard. It's tough. So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, pre- appreciate it. So, in closing. In closing. What's one interesting fact? About that me? About you that I don't know about you. That you don't know about me? Apart from theater, because you already gave it Right, I already, yeah, I know. Can't repeat. You can't repeat. That's um, lame. You don't know about me? Mm, an interesting fact? Yeah. Can't be like... Um... I'm right-handed because I... Yeah, right. That's, I, mean, I mean, if you were left-handed, that'd be pretty cool. But, interesting. But facts. you're not. Gosh, am I not that interesting? I don't know. I think it's hard to, like, say, well, oh, I'm interesting. Okay, okay. It, one, 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 one last thing, and we can end on, on this. You're Korean, right? Yeah. How does that sort of change? Like, how does, like do, you, do, do you take bread and bring Korean? Oh, pride? Yeah, do you take bread and bring It sounded like you said bread. I was like, <laughs> do, do you I take bread? bread? <laughs> yeah, I mean... You're well, I know taking bread is a thing. So I was like, yeah, but you, yeah, but you, bread. yeah, but you can't eat bread. I can't. <laughs> Only certain kinds of bread. Okay. Um. Yeah, definitely. I think being Asian American is a very complicated like dichotomy. Mm-hmm. But since I came to college, especially like getting to like be a part of more of an like Korean slash Asian community, um, is definitely like an important part of my identity. And I think it's like it influences a lot of like my day to day. What do you say that you feel cool? Cool? Cool to be That's a weird thing. I think that's a weird thing to say. I take pride in it, but it's like weird know, to say I'm, like, oh, I'm just I trying to be cool. funny. I'm just trying to, trying to be funny. You're not funny. What's, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm what, what's your favorite Korean food? Korean food. Um, it's called samgopsar. It's um, I'm gonna pretend I... It's like sliced pork belly. It's mm. very good. Yeah. Highly recommend. So Are you a cook? I try. You try? As someone with celiac, you kind of have to learn how to cook. Because okay. it's hard to find gluten-free food sometimes. So you gluten have to, safe food. You know? Gluten safe food. So it, it can be anywhere. The, the part. No, it can. It literally the can. Part, the part I can't walk into a bakery. If there's flour in the air, that could kill me. Really? I, I gotta go. Just kidding. I won't like die on the spot. Oh, oh. But I could. <laughs> I could have a reaction, which would not be good. Like you're just like walking and like. If place. I like, if someone like threw flour at me and I like inhaled <laughs> all of it, that could maybe not be so great. It's never happened before. Okay. My friends have joked about it. So. But yes, that would not be no. good for something. All right. Well, any final words? 
Uh, um, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's just been nice. It was fun to talk. Was it fun? People usually say it's fun. Yeah, just to like talk, right. you know? Especially because we exist in like a work environment. Because, yeah, so I didn't know that you were in theater. Exactly. So you learned new things. I didn't know you had a podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, goodbye. All right, thank you.